Hello, listeners. Welcome to the Strength and Recovery Podcast. We are sitting down today with Allison. Allison is an alum of our Bracebridge Hall in Earlville, Maryland facility. Um, and we are actually at Capital Region, which is uh, closer to where she lives and where she is a, a, an integral part of our alumni association. And we're getting ready for alumni night. It's Thursday night at Capital Region. And every Thursday night, our alums come back to this facility and have an amazing meeting where they just check in with one another, provide a lot of fellowship and and um, support. And so these support group meetings are, are a lifeline for our alums and um, especially during early recovery. And we're so grateful that Allison has been a part of this now for how long? How long? Have- um, I entered into Bracebridge on March 18th. So March 19th of 22 is my sobriety date. Wow. And then moved back home, which is closer Came to... Came back home, where my job and everything was. And um, that's when I um, made contact with the local one here, Capital Region, and met L'Oreal for an alumni outing. We had gone to um, the um, the Discovery Room over in Alexandria, uh-huh. uh, the Escape Room. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I joined them over there. Me and Actually, my daughter went with me. And um, I, I, that's when I got to know everybody here and just dove in here. And those sober events are open to anyone in recovery yes. and just provide a sense of community. And if you are looking for like-minded individuals, this is a great place to do it. Um, and uh, so we're so grateful that you've been a part of that. And you've been active ever since. Yes, I have. Um I've actually gone back up to Bracebridge a couple times and um, done events with them as well. Yeah, um, it's you know it's fun to get together with people who you've met through the year. You know, I'm coming up on 22 months of sobriety. Wow. Congratulations! Um, so it's it's fun to get back with people who you've met throughout your journey. You know, and and see that they're still struggling and and making it right alongside you. A lot has happened in 22 months. Yes. Yes. Um, and I think one of the things I've heard you speak about before and is really impactful is the change you made um, in your job to be able to maintain sobriety. Um, you were a first responder, so to speak. Yes. And we tell us a little bit about that. Uh, I was a first responder here in Charles County for 27 years. Um, responding day and night uh, on call all the time um, just you know whatever the sheriff's office needed we would re, you know go in recover the animals uh, out of the places um, different scenes um, you know it, it, it 27 years of, of rescue yeah and, and you and did animal rescue animal rescue yeah and people don't think of that as no. a first responders in, in the same all. way. Um, but it very much is. Yes, yes. Um, you know, when they have any kind of a scene that they're dealing with, it, it, if there's an animal present, crime animal scene, controls, accident scenes, yes, anything, um, suicide scenes, accident scenes, drunk drivers at night, um, mm. you know, we were all through the night coming out, you know, that you had a 45 minute response time from the time of the wake up call wow. during the night. Um, and you were on call for a week at a time. 
And how does that impact just, I mean, your sleep? Yes, sleep deprived um, very much. Um, even on a normal day when you're not even on call, I mean, you're, you're on your way home, four o'clock comes around, you're on your way home and there's either an aggressive dog or somebody being chased or somebody had an accident or somebody hit an animal. You don't go home on time. There, there very rarely we got home on time. Um, it was always, you were always working, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it just, people don't think of animal control as that first responder and um you know it just it's it eventually played a toll on me and the being a witness to that amount of trauma yes yes i did not know what damage i was doing um until i i reached out to um get some counseling because i didn't know what was going on you know Uh it was it was a normal thing that we would go home and have a drink to relax from the day Mm -hmm. and um the only way I could describe it was um, I felt like I was going insane. Wow. You know, um, just day in and day out. It, you come home, have a drink to relax, and, it, and one drink turned into another, and, you know, it eventually was spiraling out of hand. And I didn't know how to go back or what to do or what was even wrong. I didn't know until I reached out to a psychiatrist, and um, she referred to my job as a... Um, dysfunctional relationship um, as as traumatic as a traumatic job and you know that it you know I never thought of it like that Um, and you're such if I know anything about you I mean we've we've run into I've heard you speak we've we've been involved in this alumni association you are an animal yes lover yes definitely Um, and that was my job that was my life and so to see the rescue and and rehome and and adopt these animals back out you know and so feeling like you have a job you're passionate about right right. but then also on the other hand realizing I'm passionate about this but it's also taking a toll definitely yeah and that had to be a tough time and yeah it's you know when it was brought to my attention I was like wow okay maybe we're on to something here and then um you know, when she diagnosed me with uh, the PTSD from the job, I was like, wow, okay. So then I started paying more attention to things that were going on. And, um, you know, finally that, that night in March, um, my children actually came home. And um, they asked me to go to rehab. Wow. So that was a night in March... Were you intoxicated at that point? I was. There was a very large case um, which involved a uh, deceased party. And um, after I finished that case, I proceeded to drink for the next four days. Mm. And, um, you know, when I finally, my kids finally, you know, had a talk with me and we're like, mom, you know, your things have been getting out of control, and um, we need something needed to change. It was definitely a wake-up call that something really needed to change, and I still didn't know what, hmm. you know. So. And you were never relating this back to the job at that point. No, no, not at all. And just this is life. Yeah, this is life. This was regular. You dealt with it during the day, and you you tried to relax at night, and um, you know it just it. 
it gnawed for, on you all night long. And for a while, it worked. Yeah, for a while. For a long while, it worked um, until it just wasn't working anymore. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what or how to fix it. Yeah. And so are you even thinking at that point that the alcohol is a problem? No. No, not at all. So what was your reaction then when they say, Mom, you need to go to rehab? I mean, <laughs> I, I was like, how do you guys know about rehab, you know? Um, you know, I, and I don't even know where it came from. I, maybe I had said it at one point that, because, you know, I started looking into it. I was like, well, maybe I should cut back. Maybe I should, you know, only drink this time. And I was doing different things and trying different things. And I, every time it just led right back to my same pattern mm. over and over every night. And, I mean, are, are, you, are doctors noticing? Are there any? No. Are there I, the consequences? No. I mean, I, it just, you know, I was, I was talking to my doctor at the time. I, I had just had a physical and... Um, we went over everything, my blood work, and he, you know, I'd been waiting over the years for him to say something because I always had to have a physical for the job. Mm-hmm. And he never did. And this time he did. He was like, you know, how much are you actually drinking? And I, I lied again, you know, and, and I knew that they probably didn't believe me. Um, but he showed me the blood work and showed me all the numbers that were leading to them knowing the truth that I was drinking a lot um you know it was more than a pint a night it was you know it it, what started out as a drink and and having a few more drinks on the weekends became an every night thing Mm -hmm. and it, it played a toll on my body um I had developed um with my feet the neuropathy um which was starting to affect my job um and you know things just I was always at seemed like I was always at the doctor sick yeah you know something's wrong something's wrong and and, crying out for help that whole time just hoping somebody hoping that you know I kind of hoped that the doctor would find out call in probably yeah come to think of it you know um but yeah he he went over the blood work and um he's like you know something needs to change and Within a week, um, I remember that Friday morning on the 18th, I went in and um, I got a B12 shot because I was, my body was so deficient in so many different vitamins. They were treating me with, you know, all these different vitamins because I my body wasn't producing them anymore because I, I wasn't really eating. I was drinking all my mm-hmm. calories. Um, and I told him that I was leaving that afternoon. And um, my doctor's actually, he used to be a, um, involved in the police department. And he made the comment, you know, that you're not the first officer that I sent to rehab, and you won't be the last. Mm. And I, you know, I took that with a grain of salt, and I left and headed up to uh, Earlville. Yeah. And so it, it was your kids pretty much that said, Pretty much, Mom. yeah. And, yeah, but and that was the straw that broke the camel's back. I mean, and was there a confrontation? Because it takes nah, a lot. It was kind of. It was, it was actually through text messaging, you know. Yeah. Um, they, there might be some family members yeah. listening, and they're saying, "Mom's got a problem," yeah. or "My kid has a problem." How? And I, I'm not sure what they're going to say. And I think what you, yeah. what you've 
uncovered here for for me and for mm-hmm. them is like you're really hoping someone yeah. is going to call you on this. Yep, exactly. I mean, it, it's it nobody no, and even now when I talk to people, nobody knew what I was drinking. Wow. Nobody knew that I was drinking when I was drinking. I mean, it, they had no clue how much. They knew had no clue that it was every day. Um, and I've talked to everybody. I mean, even when I told my mom that I was leaving for rehab, she looked at me and she's like, but Allison, you don't drink. Mm. You know? And and I'm pretty close to my mom. Mm-hmm. And, you know, nobody knew. And so it's not like you've got a string of DUIs. No. You've I, had got a, a, I had a lot of not yets. Yeah. A lot of them. And when my kids said that to me, I it's like my life flashed before my eyes. Wow. You know, I'm a single mom. I, I, they all live under my roof. Um, they're all adults now. But, um, you know, what if I lose my job? Then I'm going to lose my house. Then I'm going to lose everything. And I just, I couldn't take that risk. Yeah. And now that my children are seeing, you know, something that I thought I wasn't affecting anybody but myself mm-hmm. was actually affecting other people. So do you... How do you find RCA or like okay they they say mom you need to go to rehab. How how what's the process like from that moment? From that moment I um I had a friend that used to hang out drinking with me and I hadn't seen her in a couple years. And I called her and I said, "Look, I think you've gone through this too, but I need help." Mm. And she told me to call. She said, "Honey, call this number." And let me know what happens, and I'll drive you there. And I said, okay. And on, The power of an alum. Yes. Alumni. Uh, yes, yes. Um, Somebody who's been there. It's the first, it's the only person. I, I had nobody to call. I didn't know about AA. I didn't know about a 12-step program. Um, I do come from a long line of alcoholics, but it was never talked about in my family. My parents mm. didn't drink. Um, you know, till I was born, they were they were done with all of that, mm-hmm. and um, they had kind of gotten out of it, out of that, broke that cycle from their families, and um, you know, I'm the baby of three, and um, it was all just a normal social drinking growing up, and you know, till I reached out and and asked her, and I, I mean, I didn't know about any of these chains of, mm-hmm. let alone RCA. And I just thank God that, you know, that's that's the phone call that I made. You mm-hmm. know, when I Googled rehab, that's what came up and that's what I got. And when I made that phone call to them, they said, okay, you know, we've got a bed free. Um, do you need a ride or can you? I said, no, I've got a friend who's going to take me. And she said, okay, we'll see you tomorrow. And I I said, no, I can't do that. <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> no, we're, we're pretty quick on well, the draw. Back up. <laughs> We know that window yes. is pretty narrow sometimes. I, mean, so. I was actually on call, and um, I, I said, I can't until Friday, you know. Mm-hmm. But then, I, even then, I told them that, you know, I could only come in for a couple of days. Because I was thinking, okay, get away from the alcohol for a couple of days, and then I'd be fine. Yeah. It, just get it out of my system for a couple of days and come home, and I will be fine. And little did I know, you know, that the the program that I was getting about to enter into, you know, it just, it, and even, you know, I said, okay, well, okay. And I finally agreed to like a couple weeks. I'm like, okay, fine. But then I've, I've got to get out because I'm taking my kids to Florida for a concert. Yeah. 
We're having a family reunion down in Florida. I've got and to get so out of there. And so many people think if I can just yes. get the alcohol or out the of, substance yep. out of my body, then, I, yep. then I'm good. I can get back to normal. But that misses the whole picture yep. of what's going on exactly in the mind and in yep. it's body, mind, and spirit, exactly. right? And so how it's affecting it, getting it out of your system mm-hmm. can just be the beginning. Yep. So you get to Bracebridge. Is there a point when you go, okay, this was bigger than just? No. Um, I, you know, I, I, I kind of I got in my room and um, I went to sleep and I woke up the next morning and that's when it hit me. Mm. I was kind of like, oh my gosh, what did I do? Um, I grabbed a journal out and started journaling and I wrote a couple pages and um, I still look back to those pages, and it, mm. it, it's, it's, you know, what have you done? Now what are you going to do? You know, you're how many hours from home? You know, what, mm. what are you going to do now? And I was like, all right, let me go find some people. <laughs> so I came out, and um, I was given a schedule, and I saw an orientation meeting on the schedule. And I said, okay, let me go to that, and that way I can figure out where I am, what I'm doing, and what is expected of me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went to that first alumni meeting, and um, that's when I found out about the program mm-hmm. and what it wasn't going to involve. And that's actually when I found out how serious detox was because I didn't know. Yeah. I thought it was just a matter of, okay, now I need to just drink some water and flush it out. Mm. You know, and, and they explained to me that if I started feeling different ways and certain ways to go to the nursing and um, that evening. Withdrawing I was, from yeah, alcohol can be very yeah, dangerous, that, life-threatening. That evening I was in nursing. Wow. And, um, yeah, I I, um, I remember going in there and there was, I was sitting in the chair and um, they were doing my blush, you know, the vitals and everything. And there was a, a little, there was a girl there. I call her a little girl because I'm old, and she was only probably 17. And she just gave me a hug oh. and welcomed me, you know. And, um, you know, I knew then that I was like, wow, there's such, such life in this girl, you know. And after that, you know, I went through the detox and um, got to meet all these people, and there was, you know, they, they weren't just dragging along step by step. You know, they were, so I, I dove in. I went yeah. to every single class, you know. I was like, okay, i got to find out what this all is about. got to figure this because out. Because I have no clue <laughs> what I'm getting into. Um, so, yeah, I, I proceeded to, you know, from sun up to sundown. Um, after I got through the doc, the detox and everything, and um, I ran with it. You know, I was um, I was fifty two. I needed to change something. And so you spend your thirty days. I did. I um, I ended up staying. Um, my time was coming short. She said, "You know, you you said two weeks. You've been two weeks," and I was like. Can I have a phone to change some appointments and, wow. and talk to some people? Because I'd like to stay. Mm-hmm. 
So I made a phone call and, um, you know, because I was getting ready to go to Florida. So I had all these appointments, you know, hair mm-hmm. and nails, everything, <laughs> you know, the things we got to do. And um, I remember calling my hairdresser and she answered the phone and I was like, hey, I need to change my appointment. She said, well, I'm in the middle of Safeway. I'll call you back. And I'm like, no, 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 you can't call me back. So I told her where I was and she completely flipped out. Like, what? You know, because nobody knew. Yeah. Nobody had any clue. And um, so at that moment, how she changed my appointment. is that just to be honest yeah. and to say, I was just, you like, know, I got a problem I, and know, I'm going to go get I'm it in, taken care of. I'm it. in rehab. She's like, what? So, yeah, um, that was, and when I did see her, that was an interesting conversation. Yeah. Um, so I changed all my appointments and I did stay that and it 30 wasn't, days. And it's not that big of a deal. No, it's not. Everybody knows somebody. It's not at all. And I think that's the yep. the freeing part is just yes. to say and to watch people have compassion yep. and watch yep. people have empathy for you. Right, right. I think yeah, we're expecting just... judgment. We expect yeah. the worst. Yeah, and some, you do. And sometimes it's a hug I mean, you know and... you expect that stigmatism and and you know it's it's only there if you're going to keep it there. Yeah. And um, you know my kids picked me up. I left Easter morning last year and my kids picked me up and um they're hunters that would have been two years ago easter like 22 yes. months yes they um they they're hunting they they like to hunt and earlville's open field and yes they just fell in love with the area that's gorgeous out there and yeah we ended up stop making a couple stops on the way home and um you know i was like i don't care i'm out i'm i'm breathing free air and i'm headed home to start this new journey and, um, you know, we, they took me home and, and we started from there, you know, we went on our trip and came back and, um, I still hadn't drank. So that's when I decided to put some apps on my phone that they had told me about and figure out if there was any meetings. So they're like meeting finder apps. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, the meeting guide. Yeah. And you discover this whole community. Yes. Yeah, there was like meeting after meeting. I was like, holy cow. Didn't know this existed. No clue. No clue. Yeah. And how long you start getting into your recovery, when do you make the connection that you did go back to work at that point? Um, I think I after remember my vacation, meeting I did you, go back to work. I feel like I remember meeting you when you were not quite back to work yet. Probably. Probably. And you were a little struggling about whether you were going to go back. Yes, I was I was questioning it. Um, and then, yeah, I did go back to work because that's all I really knew. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had to pay the bills. Um, so I, I did go back to work. I did, um, at that point, find some meetings, and I did the, the intensive outpatient mm-hmm. and then the general outpatient. How here. important was... GOP, IOP. I, ha- I hated it, and yeah. I didn't want to do it because that was three days a week. I was like, that's three nights. How am I going to make time for making dinner and work? And, you know, it's just, I'm not going to make time for this. You hated the idea of it. I hated the it. idea of it. And then I, I said, you know, I've, I've gotten this far. This far. I've got to do it. So yeah. I did it. And was thank it, God I did. Thank it, God I had an open mind and the willingness to just try it. Yeah. Just follow, I mean, I followed, um, I was following the suggestions at that point. Why not continue? And when you look back, three nights a week, you probably would have been drinking and not functional anyway. Yes, exactly. 
Exactly. And it gave me something to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I was Keeps able to go see people and talk mm-hmm. about similar problems. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but I did make it to an outside meeting and um, that outside meeting uh, became my home group. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that point, meeting the people in the community who were there and the women around here, um, that's when I started, you know, seeing the other meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did go back to work during that time and I was going to meetings on my off time. Mm-hmm. And um, I ended up getting injured in September. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, six or seven months into my sobriety. So I was sober when I got injured. Um, and I was out for about 30 days from work-related injuries. And um, I was able to go to more meetings while I was recovering. And I was able to take my mom on a trip. Um, they just needed a driver, so I, I did. I drove them and um, had a great time with them. You know, my mom and my aunt and my uncle. And, um, you know, it I it was funny because they were all visiting family and friends, and, and I was driving them around. And um, I found myself, like, sightseeing, you know. Wow. And my mind kept wandering. And I don't know, it just... I took it all in. Yeah. And I was able to remember it. You were able... I was able to enjoy it, and I was present in just the beauty of the countryside. You know? And And you start realizing there was a time that you weren't able to do that. No, not at all. You know, it was always a, okay, we got to get back so I can get a drink. Mm. You know, that was always on my mind is, you know, we got to get back. I got to time this right. Um, you know, I got to maybe take a miniature with me to get through it, you know, anything like that. Um, but yeah, I was able to take it all in and I had a great time, you know, and then we got back and I went back to work and, um, that was the first of October. And then, um, in November, um, I had another accident. Two dogs took me down and I was still sober. Thank God for that. (laughs) Um, so I knew that injury, um, and I, I, it's funny because I refer to that, that second injury as I've always been hard headed, <laughs> but it took, and don't listen. <laughs> and, and, and basically God was doing for me what I wasn't going to do for myself. Yeah. And, you know, it took two injuries, but God finally said enough's enough mm-hmm. and did for me what I wasn't able to do. And, um, I got through the surgeries. I had my knee reconstructed and my wrist reconstructed, and um, I retired February 1st of this year. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. And to realize that something you love, yeah, something you're passionate about, exactly. may not be the right, right passion. I mean, it was for a while. Yeah. But... After a while, and, and it, it's, you know... I, and knowing when to call it quits. When to call it quits, yeah. And now, you know, I'm seeing more and more where, like, I did... They put me in one class before I even left there, um, the compassion fatigue. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they're starting to see that. Yeah. these We're getting better, right? Yeah, these first responders really need classes and counseling and, you know, people who understand and need 
get it out and just the weight of carrying all yes. that trauma yes carrying it on their backs and and you need to get it out and they're seeing that now yeah so and now you have a new job yes um, and you still get to work i do i in- do um i actually called um to get a copy of a report for my accident and um they informed me of a job that was going to be opening up and that I would be perfect for. Wow. And um, I put in for it, and I interviewed, and, and I got the job. And now I am um, I'm the rabies coordinator for the county. So still working in still the working world of animals. in the world of animals. Helping others. Helping others, um, doing investigations, um, go out in the field every now and then, um, still working with animal control very closely. Um, you know, it, it. I see them all the time. Um, you know, it just. It, my chief just retired not long ago too. I, I think, oh, I asked you before we started. I said, "Is there anything you're passionate about in recovery?" And you said, "Service." Yes. And service work. Yes. And I think your whole life has been about it service. Has. It has. And so that's not surprising. But what has that meant in recovery? In recovery, um, you know, I have a home group. I have a service position in that home group. Um, you were here tonight setting up chairs. I'm here tonight, the alumni meetings. Um, I still come back every Thursday and, um, you know, help set up, help run the, help L'Oreal with anything she needs done. Uh, I do the H&I every fourth Saturday inpatient here. Um, I speak at meetings anytime I'm asked. Uh, I went down to, um, is it Pyramid? Um, yeah. Down St. Mary's. I went down there the other night and spoke. And speaking in front of a crowd is not That's your not thing, thing, right? No. Like, how, how did you get over that? And somebody listening to this going. I really going, haven't yet. Um, yeah. it's, it's just, you know. You just don't say no. I just, you don't say no. You know, I was taught don't, you don't say no. And like I said, I've followed everything everybody's suggested so far and it's working. Mm. So I'm not about to stop following the smart decisions, you know, 20, within reason. <laughs> 22 <laughs> but, months. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was able to, I just bought my first car in 22 years. Um, you know, the things that just the miracles keep happening. It's, it's just, it's amazing to me what I've seen so far. And, and if anything's going to compare to what I've seen so far and come in the future, I'm going to work for it every day. So beautiful. We usually end with favorite recovery quote. <laughs> do you have one? Um, my you- big one is, um, and I, I had to do a lot of this, is um, nothing changes if nothing changes. Mm. I don't like change. Oh. I never have, and I've always been upset. You know, these all these computers coming out, and when we got computers in our trucks, I hated it. Mm. And but I've learned that you have to change to change things. It's really beautiful, and your story is inspiring. Thanks for sharing it here. Thanks for all the work you do with the alumni association, and. Um, It's always good to see you. Good to see you when you come down here. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much, Allison. Thank you. Listeners, thank you for joining us today for the Strength and Recovery Podcast. If you or someone you know needs help, please call 1-833-RCA-ALUM. 
The Alumni Association is open to anyone pursuing recovery, whether they're affiliated with RCA or not. So come and join us for a meeting, join us for a recovery event. We'd love to have you and provide that sense of fellowship, community, and support that is so important in finding and sustaining recovery. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Strength and Recovery podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please tap the subscribe button and leave us a review. We love hearing from our listeners and hope to reach more of you out there as we continue to share these incredible stories of recovery. The RCA alumni team aims to provide a safe, supportive environment for those in the recovery community, regardless of their affiliation with RCA. We host a full calendar of virtual and in-person meetings seven days a week, 365 days a year, as well as free sober events every month. To learn more about what we do, find us at rcaalumni.com. Remember, if you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, pick up the phone and dial 1-833-RCA-ALUM. Help is available 24-7. Listen to another episode now or join us next time for the Strength and Recovery podcast. <laughs>